for 20 as we were uh, getting ready uh, for this year, 2020. And uh, as I said before, we are ending the year. Sixth grade and down can be dismissed. Uh, thank you all for being what a great group of kids we have back there. Praise the Lord. As we get ready to say goodbye to this year, this is the last year. Uh, this is the year last year. This is the last Sunday of the year, and uh, it's over. It's done. Uh, things that have happened in 19, uh, 2019, uh, we can't change anything that's happened in the past. As we look forward, this is a brand new opportunity, a brand new year, a brand new chance for you as a Christian to go forward. This year, this decade is over. 2020 starts a brand new year, a brand new decade. A brand new church, a brand, a brand, new, a brand new year, a brand new year for our church. A brand new decade for our church. Man, I don't know. Maybe I need to go take a nap. Uh, as we get ready, I just want to share a couple thoughts with you as we prepare for this year. Uh, so, as, as preparing for today, we're going to read from Ezekiel 20, and, and verse number 20 is going to be our text. To, here comes the rain, 20, 20. Now, as we get forward, I, I believe every one of us need to have a vision for where we go forward. Now, tonight, if you will come back tonight, I, I want to share with you a year in review what we've done as a church, where we'd like to go in 2020. But this morning, I want to challenge each and every one of you that's here this morning to do something more in 2020. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've accomplished in 2019. But it ought to be something you ought to desire to do more for Christ in 2020 as the year is getting ready to go go. Look, I don't want our church to make a dent in 2020. You say, I don't? No. I want our church to make a year in the decade, 20, in the 20s. A dent. And it starts by taking a step to 2020 and doing something different. Doing, hey, make a dent in our community. Affect more people's lives. Get more people saved. More people baptized. More people in the church. Why? So that we can affect our community for the good. Now, how does that take place? That takes place with every Christian that's in this room today. You making a decision that you're going to do something different than what you did in 2019. You say, why? Because, look, it, it, I heard a statement a long time ago. If you do what you've always done, then you always get what you've always got. You, know, you, don't, you cannot expect, even as a church, you can't expect for things to change unless you change. As a church, as a Christian, I can't expect my life to change if I always do what I've always done. I can't, because it, it, you, it's, do you know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and then expecting different results. Look, if you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. And it, this is our chance, our opportunity as we look at the year 2020, this is our chance to do something different. You say, well, I like my life the way that it is. I'm glad you like your life the way that it is. But as we, as we look at this text, 
that we may know him. It ought to be in 2020 that we ought to strive to know him better. That's not me. And that's not the guy sitting next to you. <coughs> that is him. That I may know him. I would, I would dare to say there's one person in this room that knows the Lord the best you've ever known him. I would dare to say that. You say, Brother Trenton, is that you too? Hey, we need to all take a step forward and say, I want to know him more. That's what I want. And if we do that as a church, guess what we'll do? We'll change this community. There were 12 disciples that went out from Jesus Christ. You know what they did? They changed this world. The Bible says that they had turned the world upside down, but they did it because they were... Uh, they wanted to know about Jesus Christ. They knew about him, and they spread the gospel. Look, we need to know more. We need to know him more. Ezekiel 20. Let's begin reading in verse number 18, if you will. Let's all stand, if you can, just out of respect to reading God's word. We'll start there in verse number 18. We'll read down to verse number 20. The Bible says in verse number 18, he says, But I say unto you, unto their children in the wilderness. Walk ye not in the statutes of your father, neither observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them, and hallow my Sabbaths, that, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. We ought to make, and I'm preaching this because I believe it, we ought to make Ezekiel 2020 the verse for 2020. That I may know that I am the Lord your God. That we may know him. Who's him? The Lord your God. <coughs> Every one of us, may we approach this new year that we may know him. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I'm going to give you three simple points. I'm going to give you a challenge. Verse number 18, the Bible says, But I say unto their children in the wilderness, Walk ye not in the statutes of your father, <coughs> neither observe their judgments nor defile yourselves with their idols. Now, if you, if you have an opportunity and you've been coming to Sunday school, you will note that we've been going through this, uh, this series of, of Ezekiel and, and things of that nature. But what was taking place here is the children of Israel were away from God. They were not serving God. They were not believing, right? They were not serving their true God. So, they had got a hold of some idols that they should not have been bowing down to. They shouldn't have been praying to. They shouldn't have been worshiping. And so, and, and so Ezekiel says in this text in verse number 18, he says, don't pray to those idols anymore. Don't follow your father's footsteps. What does that mean? It's not that he, doesn't, that he says that their fathers, <coughs> that he didn't want them to be like their fathers, but he wanted them not to follow the same belief as their fathers. Don't believe like those that have gone on before you. Don't worship the same idols. 
Don't believe like they're believing. I want you to change your ways. Look, I want you to change your ways. Look, it doesn't matter who you, where you're from or what they believe or what has taken place, but as a Christian, we need to make sure that the idol, the idol, there is not an idol in our life. We don't worship anything but Jesus Christ. We don't worship anything but the Father in heaven. That's who we ought to worship. And this is what he's saying here. Don't follow those that have gone before. Just because someone else or my daddy used to believe it or my daddy believed it doesn't mean I need to believe it too. And just because those that have been on before me doesn't make that it's true. And doesn't mean that it's the same. Because things that are different are not the same. And as a Christian, we must, hey, look, respect those who have gone on before. Respect every person who has gone on before. Hey, I respect my parents. I respect what they stand for. <coughs> and you need to respect those that have, that have gone on before you. But if there is, they don't believe right. Hey, it's okay not to follow them. Can I get an amen? That's what, that's what Ezekiel's saying. Hey, don't follow that direction. But I want you to notice this, too. So he tells them what direction not to go. Now, isn't it interesting, <laughs> as you read this text, that not only does he give them a direction not to go, he gives them the direction to go. And that's important as we, as we live our life for the Lord. Hey, the Lord doesn't just say, okay, well, don't do this and 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 don't do this. You know, I've heard many people say, well, the Bible is just full of commandments. The Bible is just full of laws and what you can't do. What you, well, you've got to do all this kind of stuff. Look, the Bible is our guide, is our, is our life, is our lamp, is our, is our way of life. So not only does Ezekiel say you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't go there, but let me show you where you should go. See, as a Christian, we need to know the path. We need to know the way. We need to know the direction in which we ought to go. And Ezekiel gives us that. We shouldn't go there. But I'm going to tell you where to go. In verse number 19, <coughs> he said, I am the Lord your God. He said, walk in my what? Statutes. What's a statute? It's kind of like a law. It's something that was put in, in, in place by the king. Something that you ought to follow. And so Ezekiel explains to us in verse number 19, he says that I am the Lord your God. Not that he was, this is a statement from God, and God is saying, follow my statutes. Walk in my statutes. So as a Christian, we need to walk in the statutes of the Lord. So let me ask you something. What are the statutes of the Lord? <coughs> what are the statutes? This, this is our statute. This is our guide. This is what we ought to walk in. But look, and not only do you say that, that, that it's important that we understand this, that we ought to walk in the statutes, but he tells us to do something, not to just observe the statutes and read the statutes and go over the statutes. He says, walk in them. That means you have to move. You have to make a motion. That means you're going to have to pick up your foot and decide that you're going to walk in the statutes of the Lord and you're going to have to make a decision that you're going to follow what he says. And regardless of what they may say down the road and regardless of what she says, I'm going to follow the statutes of God. And this is what Ezekiel is telling us 
that we need to walk in his statutes, that means we have to do something. Sitting in a seat. Not doing anything, you're not walking. You know what happens to someone who doesn't walk? You want to know, you want to, you want to know what happens to someone who is, who is stuck in a place and they can't walk? Do you know what happens to the legs eventually? <coughs> they get weak. And the longer they sit, and the longer they don't do, and the longer they leave their legs alone, it becomes harder and harder for them to walk. You want to know why sometimes it's hard for Christians to walk in the statutes? Because they're too busy setting instead of walking. Walk in the statutes. Walk in the statutes. Not only does he say to walk, that means you've got to do something. Do something. Look at verse number 19. He also says, keep my judgments. Judgments? I thought you wasn't supposed to judge anybody. Keep my judgments. You know who I need to judge? Me. I need to judge myself. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to explain this. You cannot know his statutes. And you cannot keep his judgments if you don't know what they are. <clears throat> drive, down the, drive down the road. Yet before you get your driver's license, what do you have to pass? A test about your knowledge of your driving ability. And then not only do you have to pass the test of your knowledge of your driving ability, of what's right and what's wrong and what the laws are, but then you have to put your, to your work to the test and see how good of a driver you are. I never failed my test. I didn't. I went in, I sat down, I passed it. I mean, it was just like that. Some people, they fail it and fail it and fail it. And they, they don't want to put their, well, I don't know what it is now, but it used to, you know, 10 and 2, right? Look, you have to pass the test. But if you don't know the answers, you can't pass the test. As a Christian, hey, look, you need to keep the judgments. You need to walk in his statutes. But you can't walk in his statutes, and you can't keep his judgments if you don't know what they are. And do you know how you're going to find out what they are? You're going to have to open this book. And you're going to have to read this book. And the Bible tells us to meditate on the word, not just to read it. I mean, sure, it's good to read it, but it's good to meditate on the word of God. Spend time reading it and what does that word mean well i don't know what that means well let's look it up let's see what that word means i don't completely understand that well let's look it up and see what it means there are scriptures sometimes you're like what is that verse meaning i don't even understand what it's saying look up the definition to the word <coughs> but do you know what that's going to take you getting in this book because you can't follow laws that you don't know you can't walk in a statute that, you can't, that you've never heard of. Well, what is that? I've never heard of that before. Sometimes, if we would open it, you say, well, are, are you telling me I need to read God's Word? That's exactly what I'm telling you. You know what you need to do? You need to go home and fact check the preacher. You say, what do you mean fact checking? Make sure that he's telling you the truth. If you have a question of any time I've ever said a word or said something from the pulpit, ask me. 
Well, I don't know. Why did he say that? That doesn't make sense. Ask me. Make sure that I make sure that I'm not just telling you a bunch of stuff and you believe in it. Make sure I'm backing it up by this book right here. I'm gonna tell you when it's my opinion. But most of the time I'm just gonna tell you the truth from the Word of God. And I'll I'll, I'll make sure that I hey, this is my opinion, all right? This is what I think. But fact check the preacher. Go home. What is that preacher talking about? It's important that you so you, not only do you see that he says in verse number 19 that we need to walk in his statutes and keep his judgments, but listen to verse number 20, he says what? Hollow my Sabbaths. Now, we must understand that at this time period, the Sabbath day was a Saturday, okay? And so it was the ritual, it was the rule at that time period, Sabbath day, they weren't allowed to do anything. They weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to cook, they weren't allowed to plow the field, they weren't allowed to... They weren't allowed to do any type of work because it was the Sabbath day. That's exactly, and that was the day they honored the Lord. Now, why do we worship God on Sunday? I'm going to tell you why we worship God on Sunday. There's one reason. 2,000 years ago or so, there was a man named Jesus who died on a cross. We much well know about him. And the Bible says that he rose from the dead. Do you know when he rose from the dead? On the first day of the week. And the reason we worship God on the first day of the week was because Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And when he arose from the dead, he did away with the law. So the law of worshiping and hollowing the Sabbath were no longer something that we have to do. We don't have to not work and not do those types of things on the Sabbath, which is Saturday. But today is our hallowed day. Today is the day we worship Jesus Christ. And in April, we'll celebrate Easter. But I'm going to tell you, every Sunday is Easter Sunday. Every Sunday is a, is a celebration of the resurrected Christ. Every Sunday is. That's why we worship Christ on Sunday. That's why we'll always worship Christ on Sunday. Because of his resurrected form. Now, today ought to be an honored day. Today ought to be something that you set aside. Hey, I'm going to church on, on a Sunday. Because why? This is His day. Don't allow anything to steal God's day from you. <coughs> you ought to be in church as much as you ought to. As much as you can. I know some people work. I know some people are sick. I know you have things going on. But you ought to be in church as much as you you can. You ought to. You ought to. Why? So I can learn more. Worship God. This is a family. Be part of this family. So we can worship together as a family. How sweet it is. At Thanksgiving time, I got to go visit my family. My dad and my mom. Well, that Wednesday night, we got to go to church together. And it was so awesome to sit beside my dad and my grandpa and my aunt and my uncle and my grandma and uh, my couple cousins, and I got to go to church with my family. But do you know what? Hey, coming to church every Sunday with you guys, I ought to feel the same way because we're a family. Hallow this day. It's not the Sabbath. But we ought to make today a special day. Every Sunday, it ought to be no question. Look, where are you going? You know where I'm going. You know what I'm doing. Where did you do it? 
hallow his day, keep, keep his, uh, walk in his statutes to keep his judgment. Now, I'm done. That's it. So, what are you going to do? 2020, it's a brand new year. We can't change what's happened last year. Can't. Can't change a thing. I want you to read verse 21 with me. What happens if you don't? Are you ready? Notwithstanding the children rebelled against me, they walked not in my statutes, neither did kept my judgments to do them, which uh, if a man do, he shall live in them. They polluted my Sabbaths. Then I said, I will pure... I will pour out my what? Fury. What's fury? Anger. But what happens if you decide not to do his judgments, keep his judgments, and walk in his statutes and hollow his Sabbath day? I will pour out my fury upon them to anger to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. Nevertheless, I withdrew, I withdrew my hand and wrought for my name's sake, that it should not be polluted in the sight of the heathen in whose sight I brought forth, uh, brought them forth. You need to make 2020 that I may know him. How do I know him? Keeping his statutes. Walk, I'm sorry, walking in his statutes. Keeping, keeping his judgments and hollowing his day. Make his day. That we, that we may know him. I'm going to give you something in just a moment. I'm going to close in prayer. I'm going to give you something. I want you to evaluate yourself. It's a brand new year. I'm going to give you a couple challenges. It's the year 2020. I'm going to give you some challenges to look at yourself. I don't want this paper back. I want you to check mark it, and I want you to put it somewhere where you'll never forget it. You'll never get, This is your challenge for 2020. There's some challenges I'm going to give you. But as we look at this, where are you at? Where are you going? What is 2020 for you? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for letting us be here together this morning. Thank you for everyone that's here, all the guests. Thank you for those that are here. Lord, I pray that you've used me in spite of me, Lord. Help me to walk the way you want me to walk. <coughs> Help me to be <coughs> what you want me to be. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me just ask a couple of questions, and then we'll go forward with the service. You say, Brother Trent, I'm sitting here this morning, and I know there is no doubt in my mind I'm going to heaven when I die. That's me. Would you raise your hand? There is no doubt. I see that hand. Hands all over the room. Thank you so much. You say, Brother Trenton, I'm sitting here in my seat, and, and I am not for sure, but I'd like you to pray for me. Is anybody like that this morning? Say, Brother Trenton, I'm not for sure, but I'd like you to pray for me. Just put your hand up and put your hand down. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else that says, Brother Trenton, I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not for sure. Would you put your hand up and put your hand down? Thank you so much. You say, Brother Trenton, God spoke to my heart. I need to walk in his, walk in his statutes, keep his judgments, hallow his special day. I don't know what it is, but something, something God spoke to me about this old year going away with and a brand new year coming my way. Say, Brother Trenton, God spoke to my heart. Would you just put your hand up? Hands up all over the room that I may know him. Thank you so much for being honest.
I'm going to give you a chance to pray and spend time in prayer. But before we do that, if everybody will look up for just a moment, I'm going to hand you a couple challenges. And I'm asking you to, to consider. I'm asking you to put, it, put this on your, uh, maybe in your, uh, in your Bible. Put this somewhere, and I want you to, I want, this is my challenge to you, all right? 2020 vision. You know what 2020 vision is? It's good vision, isn't it? I'm going to give you this. I want you to pray with me and work with me for our church that we would accomplish 2020 vision. This is personal. I don't want to see it. I don't, no one else needs to see it either. Something that you will commit to do. There are some commitments for you, and there's commitments for us to do as a church. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You will find on that list 20 minutes a day.